Welcome to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. ISFA exists to serve industry professionals involved in the fabrication of manufactured surfacing materials. With each episode, Behind the Surface inspires fabricators to take their business to the next level. Now with your host, Nancy Bush. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Behind the Surface podcast brought to you by ISPA. And I'm Nancy Bush, and today uh, we're talking about shaping tomorrow's quartz innovations and safety insights. That's a lot. That's a lot right there, especially in today's world. Um, so I'm joined here today by Egan Hintz. He is the national sales manager at Breton. Uh, Egan, you have quite a diverse background. It sounds like you've been in this national sales manager role since 2018. Um, as well, right. he you also participate besides ISFA, you participate participate in a number of other associations, including NSI, and you serve on their safety committee. That's right. Yes, that's fantastic. And you brought a guest that I didn't know you were bringing. Yes, yeah, surprise. Damiano. Uh, uh, I brought Damiano Caon, uh, who is uh, my colleague uh, out of Italy, and he is the area manager uh, for North America on the compound stone side or engineered quartz. Uh, and he's got uh, decades of uh, experience, uh, not only in the market, but also on the technical side uh, for quartz slabs. Ah, Damiano, here like the wizard behind the green screen. <laughs> That's right. I love it. Well, thanks for <laughs> thanks for joining. It was a great surprise to see your face this morning. So Thank uh, you. I would love to hear a little bit. So I have, of course, podcast research 101. I jump on your website and I see happily uh, Breton's been around way longer than me. That's cool. <laughs> but I was actually shocked that, uh, you know, when I was reading over 60 years, um you know in quartz because you know i don't think of i don't think of quartz products being, <laughs> being that old right i mean uh so i was i was interested in that and then i was also really interested in this new innovation that you're working on and that you've that you launched in 2020 called bio quartz um can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah to start off with uh just our history uh in in compound stone uh, we were founded in 63, 1963, and um, I think it was uh, in the mid-60s that uh, our founder developed the first marble resin block. Uh, he's uh, always been, or he was always interested and, and had a passion for uh, a material that could uh, emanate uh, uh, and match the properties and the beauty of natural stone, but be uh, repeatable and affordable. And um, so, yeah, it was already in the 60s that he had this vision and uh, a decade later in the mid seventies, uh, we patented the first uh, vibro compaction system. Um, and so really the, the quartz slabs that you see today has been uh, over 50 years uh, in the making. Wow. And I, I read something about uh, originally the first bits were brought out to like in a tile form. Is that is that right before big slab kind of more of tiles 
Um, I know we've uh, the the history with slabs uh, uh, or the the compound stone uh, went in many different directions uh, over the those fifty years uh, with blocks um, getting into uh, concrete materials. Damiana, you might be able to expand a little bit more on that. Yeah, the material, the engineering stone starts uh, in producing block using calcareous material. Then uh, later move uh, in using other raw materials. Raw materials means uh, sand, uh, aggregates, uh, powder, mix it together, and uh, using uh, resin, polyester resin as binder. That means the polyester resin is a glue that join all this uh, stone. The material, is made using uh, more than 98% of stone in. And uh, the glue is always polyester resin. Uh, moves uh, in the direction in producing something strong, much more resistance to stain, much more resistance to scratch. That, and uh, moves in using a raw material stronger than uh, calcareous material. Marble is not stronger enough. That means we're moving using uh, quartz. That is the strongest stone that we can use for producing engineered stone. And this is the story. Uh, from the beginning, this material was mainly used in producing tiles and for paving. Then in the years, there was uh, the, 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 the application moving using this material as a slab in producing countertop. Okay, well. So when we talk about aggregates, um, you've developed this bio quartz aggregates, which sounds intriguing. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more, Egon, about how, what sets that apart from like your standard quartz crystal kind of, what's going on yeah. with that? There's something very big <laughs> there, obviously. Yeah, we're, we're very proud of Bioquartz, and uh, really, what what sets it apart? Uh, the biggest difference uh, between uh, other raw material for quartz slabs is the fact that it's silica free. Uh, it's a material that um, can be used for quartz slabs, has uh, the same characteristics, uh, the same properties. Uh, the end user would never know the difference, uh, but the the material itself is 100% silica free, and is such far more safer for um, uh, fabricators to use um, in, in an environment where dust can be produced. So the, the quartz made with this bio quartz aggregate, then it would, it would meet all the technical standards of traditional quartz. It just may have no silica or low silica. Um, that's interesting. It's, Yes, exactly. It's silica free uh, and it does uh, the, the process itself. Uh, so we take a, the, uh, a raw material, which um, can be uh, different materials and um, Damiano can expand a little bit more on the technology of it, um, but we're basically putting it into a, a specialty furnace. And um, with that, we can control then uh, the end product and we can control the whiteness uh, the transparency. So it really makes it a perfect material for quartz with the added benefit that it's silica free. That's amazing. How long did it take you to, you know, figure this out? Because that, that had to, that had to be a timeline there, I would think. 
Tamiana? Yeah, you know, uh, bioquartz, uh, we used to mix together different type of raw material with different nature of raw material. Uh, we used, uh, of course, the silica sand. We use feldspar. That is another raw material that can be sourced in the, in the nature. Uh, we can use uh, calcium carbonate. Uh, we can use different kind of ingredients. Let's call ingredients, making the cake. We mix all of raw material together, okay? We uh, dose this raw material inside of a special furnace. We melt this raw material and we produce this amorphous uh, raw material, this amorphous stone that is 100% silica free, okay? And totally safe. You can inhalate even without any kind of problem. And uh, is totally different comparing the process for producing cristobalite. That is another raw material that is normally used in producing the engineered stone. Even cristobalite in this case is much more reactive comparing the standard natural quartz. Because as soon we treat the, 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 the raw material for producing the cristobalite, the reactivity of the crystallite became higher comparing the standard quartz. In our case, we melt this raw material. Is it not a thermic shock on the raw material or a thermic treatment of the raw material? We melt all, the, all this raw material together. Like a producing, uh, let's make an example, glass. The glass is melted, then is formed in a, a flat slab <clears throat> or uh, with the glass, we can make a different kind of uh, shape of the glass. In this case, we melt all of this raw material, then we recrash, reselect in order to obtain this uh, uh, innovative raw material that is 100% silica free. And we tested it, uh, we make some tests using the XRV, that is a special process and technical process for taking the quantity of silica inside of this material. And uh, all the tests say that this material is 100% safe. And we developed this uh, just recently. Uh, I think we patented it in 2020. Um, so of course, uh, the, this type of, of development takes years uh, and it's not just, okay, now we're gonna focus on this and finish the project. There's knowledge here that we've gained uh, over decades, uh, but it was only in the last, years that we really um, saw or foresaw the, the need for a product like this uh, in order to keep uh, the industry viable moving into the future. That's amazing. You're pioneers in this for sure. Uh, so I'm curious, you know, when I, when I think of other materials that, um, you know, use materials like feldspar and, and you know, kaolin and clay base, uh, they're really, really sustainable materials, right? And so um, I'm curious to, to learn a little bit about the environmental um, attributes of your bio quartz. Yeah, that's a great question. The, uh, uh, not only is the material silica free, but as Damiano explained, we take different raw materials in order to make bio quartz. And one of the biggest advantages of that is that we can now source those raw materials locally. Uh, in the industry, the majority of the raw material for quartz slabs or engineered stone is imported from uh, overseas. 
And so the fact that now we can source that material locally um, is, is a big advantage, uh, not only for the environment, but also on the, the overall costs of producing uh, the material. And another added benefit uh, is the fact that bioquartz can be completely uh, recycled. So uh, whenever you're making a batch of slabs, um, as Damiano mentioned earlier, baking, um, I have a, a nine-year-old daughter, so uh, baking in my family is, is common. And so when you're making cupcakes, for example, there's always that last cupcake that doesn't quite fill the cup, right? So the small cupcake. That is uh, when you're making engineered stone or quartz slabs, that part is waste. So being able to take that waste, uh, reintegrate it uh, into the bioquartz system, uh, you can recycle it completely and uh, get it back into the, uh, the quartz slab cycle. I love that analogy. I too bake cupcakes, quite a lot of them. <laughs> I'm kind of known for that. Uh, and in our household, those ones that don't quite make to the top uh, are quickly recycled, uh, <laughs> happily recycled. But uh, I think in the in the manufacturer world, that's kind of a pre-consumer recycled content, right? So when you when you think about comparatively, are there advantages in end use? So uh, you know, trends. Even though I know these countertops, they'll last for as long as somebody wants to have them in their home. But let's face it, um, the consumer is going to change their mind. 10, 15, 20 years down the road, right? Uh, or the cabinets kind of fail and they want to address that. So what does the end of life look like comparatively like a bio quartz versus a regular quartz product? Is there any, are there any differences? Uh, I think, uh, the, the, no, there, there isn't much of a difference. Uh, in the future, uh, when let's say uh, the, the market is full of bioquartz slabs, uh, then there could potentially be a market for recycling uh, those materials uh, in the future. Um, but certainly we have to get to that point first. But I mean, I guess the long-term, you know, when you're talking about installers and you're talking about cutting it and, and maybe you know, holes in it or changing it, changing the layout or whatever, certainly the, you know, silica free story could probably really come into that equation too, right? When you're re-having um, sort of material, right? So yeah, um, that's- the, the sustainability part is the, the happy side effect of bioquartz. Uh, the, the goal here was a silica free material. Perfect. Well, so you can have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, so, <laughs> so safety, of course, is, you know, the, a, really just the top priority. I mean, the silica, as you say, right? So um, there's a lot of quartz manufacturers who are really, you know, um, coming alongside one another, um, banding together. I know that, you know, like ASTA and, and other groups that are really trying to get that educational piece out there you know what's your perspective uh, breton you know being in addition to make the materials i mean the machines that make the materials right what's your what's your kind of perspective on on the quartz industry and safety and you know are the, what kind of initiatives um do you think will take that awareness further right i mean you you potentially have the long-term sort of solution but but what do you think about like today to get to get this ship righted when it comes to safety yeah, absolutely. Uh, education is key. And um, I, I know with, within Breton, safety is 
always the number one priority. Uh, we have a whole department that's focused on safety and um, whether it's our machines or the technology to make courts, uh, safety is always built in to every system that we sell. Um, education, uh, getting the word out. I know some of the biggest players, uh, our customers out in the market um, are doing what they can to, uh, uh, to get to communicate to fabricators, to the, the workers, what, uh, how to be able to, to work the, the product safely. Um, but uh, certainly more needs to be done in order to get to the point where uh, we are making sure that everyone who's working the material is safe. Uh, you mentioned earlier that I'm uh, a member of the NSI as well as uh, on the safety committee. And uh, even though their focus is on natural stone, uh, you know, they're also, uh, uh, those those members are also um, exposed to the risks of silica um, because it's a natural stone, uh, whether it's quartzite, granite, there's uh, silica in, in that side of the industry as well. And so they've spent decades uh, building up uh, safety materials for um, for those end users or for the, sorry, for the fabricators. And so I would strongly urge uh, any managers, shop owners, uh, to, to go out there and get their hands on those resources and make sure they're getting, um, you know, put in front of those workers. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the number one challenge. I mean, silica has been in many industries and addressed and whether it's whatever material it is, whether it's natural stone or manufactured materials, right? It all, there is all that potential for risk. So, um, but there, you know, there are ways to um, minimize that and, and take care of that at the at the point that it's um, fabricated or manufactured in some countries that, uh, you know, I, I tell fabricators all the time, you're a manufacturer, because you create an end product, you use a raw good to create the end product, right. And so um, it's just really being um, cognizant of that, that risk, you know, um, for your for your folks that are on the shop floor. Um, well, I was at Tice this year. I saw some, and I, I, th I think they were just kind of launching, and uh, I saw some slabs in the Breton booth that were amazing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was fascinated because, again, coming from a, a couple of years, you know, seeing some quartz slabs, it really seemed to have a different aesthetic uh, than I'd seen before in quartz. And I'm and I'm wondering, first of all, I, I believe it's called chromia, um, but of course the, the technology and the tooling to be able to manufacture such a product, um, you know, it, it's, is, it, is that related to BioQuartz? Is that something that BioQuartz enables to happen? Like, how does that work? Um, and, you know, if you haven't seen it, you know, check it out because um, <laughs> it's amazing looking stuff. I just, I've not seen, uh, any any courts that look quite like it and then my other question for you on that is so first uh, you know how how does bio courts fit into that aesthetics conversation um, and then next is you know those patterns are, do they go all the way through how does that work uh, you know because as you know that can be a challenge for fabricators right yeah absolutely and, and um, with BioQuartz and how that um, is related to these new products that are coming on the market. And we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, BioQuartz is amazing. It's the goal is 100% silica free, uh, but 
in order to be a safer industry, we don't have to get to 100% silica free. Um, as long as we are reducing the amount of silica that uh, the workers are being exposed to, um, that can uh, drastically improve safety. And so some of those technologies we're coming out with address that. Uh, we have a new technology called Creos, where we're able to form slabs down to seven millimeters thick. So these are very thin slabs that I know fabricators are really going to be excited about um, because it opens up plenty of new uh, possibilities for using this product, uh, as well as making it much lighter and easier to carry. So uh, in that regard, it's, it's also much safer. Uh, and then when you have a thin slab, uh, you're cutting and working a thin slab, you're drastically reducing the amount of silica uh, that could get airborne. Uh, instead of having 30 millimeters of, of uh, silica material, now you have only seven millimeters. Uh, and then uh, in those instances where you need a thicker material, uh, we have Creos Plus, uh, which is a very thin layer, uh, two millimeters on the surface, which has all the aesthetics. And the substrate uh, underneath is, uh, can be a calcareous material, uh, amorphous material, which is then silica free. So now you have uh, a very thin layer, uh, which uh, could contain silica, or you could use bioquartz, and then it would be 100% silica free. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and that way we can then have uh, all the properties of natural stone, sorry, of uh, engineered stone, uh, and uh, drastically reduce the amount of silica that anybody could possibly be exposed to on the fabrication side. Uh, and you mentioned Chromia, and I'll let uh, Damiano explain Chromia because that's a really unique product uh, that I'm really excited about. Yeah, Chromia, you know, let's start from the beginning when we talk something about the printing surface, to print this surface, of uh, to print the engineered stone. We have seen that in the last, uh, you know, 25, 30 years, everybody tried to copy the aesthetic of the natural stone. That means all the quartz engineering stone produced was focused in producing something that copied the natural marble or the granite or something that God created, God made product. Recently, we have discovered that, uh, you know, why to copy? We, we asked by ourselves uh, why to, to copy a natural stone to copy that uh, already exists, making better, okay, resonant to scratch, much more flexible for uh, for producing countertop uh, with aesthetical characteristic, much more better than the natural stone. And, uh, you know, we have uh, developed this technology in order to print on the surface of the quartz lab, whatever you want, even something that is not uh, related to the, to the natural stone, you can print some uh, you know, uh, textile, for example, on the top of the slab, making something unique. You can uh, even produce your own, uh, you can print uh, uh, your the picture of your family in your countertop without any kind of, uh, you know, limitation in color and fantasy. We develop a technology that uh, is uh, not related with the technology that today is used in the ceramic. Based on our, let's say, half-century experience in this material, we know very well how the resin can absorb the color, can absorb the pigment, 
that is used for coloring the engineered snow. And uh, we have developed this technology that is a, a line, a complete line used for uh, printing the surface of the slab, given, given the possibility to the producer or to the distributor or to the fab shop to repolish the, the surface of the countertop, removing even some material because uh, the, the pigment is uh, deeply is deep on the on the surface of the slab. That means we can uh, refurbish even the countertop. We can repolish the countertop, creating a three-dimensional effect on on the surface of the slab. Uh, what can I say more about the chromia? Is a uh, even uh, you know uh, joined with uh, the Creos Plus that uh, Egon introduced before. We can even create a full body effect. That means matching the printed surface on the, on the top, we can match the body of, uh, of the slab, making something that is a full body. But uh, we join this Creos Plus and, and the Chromia technology together. There are a lot of things that we can say about the Creos Plus uh, and all the advantage in Chromia Creos Plus uh, and BioQuartz. But no, it's a flexible solution making whatever you want today in the in the course lab. And Nancy, you, you nailed it. You saw already an appetizer of it. Uh, Tice, uh, we're definitely going to be showcasing um, more of that technology at Marmomac coming up next month. So. Um, if any listeners are coming to Italy, uh, please come by the Breton booth because uh, you'll see uh, not only the best machines, but also um, some really cool. This is a surprise. surprise. So. This would That's be a, a surprise. Kind of, kind of like you were this morning, Damiano. <laughs> I love surprise. it. <laughs> you know, well, what I what I really was. Uh, you know, thinking when I was looking at the slabs that were displayed at Tice, you know, um, quartzite, natural quartzite is pretty popular, you know, as a design trend aesthetic. And so what a great way to great solution for um, what could be, you know, a challenging material, both in fabrication and in end use. So uh, pretty exciting technology. I mean, how many, how many manufacturers? So, you know, you have this, this double kind of dynamic where you know you create the slabs but also you sell the machines to create the slabs how how many manufacturers are currently using you know the the bio quartz technology and and reducing uh silica in slabs and things how how much how widely percentage number whatever it doesn't matter just kind of get a sense of where we're heading with that because i would assume that at some point you know as as manufacturers um adopt the new technology you know they've they've got machines already in place i guess that'd be another question is it is it possible that the machining that they already have can be converted somehow or do they have to you know completely change what does that look like yeah uh, definitely there's uh, a lot of interest uh in biocords and this is a billion dollar industry right so uh, whenever you bring in new technologies it takes time for that technology to to filter down into the the market um, and so uh, the answer is um, you know there is a lot of interest uh, uh, from everybody um, all of our customers in 
bio quartz. Uh, and certainly um, in the new Creos, uh, Creos Plus and Chromia product. Uh, and I know that uh, in a lot of cases, it can also be integrated into existing lines. I know Damiano can expand a little bit further, um, but yeah, this, this technology uh, in certain aspects is already here. We have, uh, we have already a plant producing bioquartz in Italy, close to our water. And uh, we are producing some tons of uh, aggregates for our customer in order to give the possibility for them to test this product in their, in their facility. Uh, you know, till today, there are not big risk on the market. That means, okay, uh, in California, there is, uh, the, there is somebody that want to ban the, 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 the quartz because, uh, because of silica, because of silicosis. But today, the risk is not so high for converting all the line in producing bioquartz products. This is the reality. Uh, even in Europe, I'm not speaking only US, even in Europe, uh, there are some rumors, uh, there are somebody that uh, doesn't accept to use quartz because it's silicosis. But you know, there are some, uh, these rumors create and generate the interest of our customer in moving in other different raw material. Uh, different raw material, for example, there are somebody that today start to use feldspar instead of uh, instead of quartz because it's uh, the easier way for producing slab with less content of silica. But we are also speaking about 40% of of silica in and the 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 strengthness and uh, and the, the hardness of the product is not comparable with the quartz with the standard quartz. Bio quartz give the possibility to maintain the same let's say uh, technical features of the quartz of the 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 engineered stone that is used today uh, with uh, uh, a product that is 100% safe because it's zero silica in. This is the advantage. There is a big interest uh, of, mm, as, uh, as Egon said, of all of our customers. Uh, in order, and Breton developed this bioquartz in order to be ready to give to our customer the solution for solving uh, this problem. This That's is... Uh, I, I just love I love the I love the story. I, I think this keep keep going on these aesthetics because you know that's the other part of the story is that the end user will start demanding those so it'll it'll start encouraging uh, you know that that effort as well, right? It's the full package or the cupcake as you will. Um, I love the story of sustainability. Um, you know, are there any other uh, sort of innovations or, or things that that Breton's maybe working on that you think, um, you know, in addition to biocores or as a side effect of biocores that you can think of that kind of, um, you know, benefits that might might be um, part of either the safety concern or the aesthetics. I mean, what's possible? I guess. I mean, you've done so much. I guess what 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 else could there be, right? But I, I'm sure that um, the great minds are working on some things. Can you share any of those with us? 
They don't. Uh, they don't share with me anything uh, from research and development. <laughs> they know I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. So, they, uh, yeah, no. I mean, we are yeah. constantly working uh, and yeah. and and developing new ideas. And and I mean, that's uh, our our commitment to research and development uh, is is there. Always has been there. Uh, we have uh, a passion for this product, right? Uh, it's. It's our baby, and so um, we're always trying to stay ahead of the curve uh, and invest in in the next the next big thing. That's amazing. Oh, we are always uh, developing something new. Uh, that is something new. Yeah, not uh, ready, almost ready, but could uh, be something interesting. I think. And that can change the rule of uh, the rule of the game in, in a shorter time. That is uh, related with Queers uh, Plus and all the last uh, technology development. But you can see, you can see. Keep an eye, keep an eye on this Damiano character. You know, he might pop up into yeah, your, yeah. into your screen on a Zoom call at any random moment. And be here, I am. This is the latest. So uh, that's probably the biggest takeaway. Is you know, keep an eye on this Breton folks. Uh, they, you know, they're innovating every day. I am so grateful uh, that you've joined me today. Thank you so much for um, for doing so. Um, you know, if you're going to go to Marmo Mac, check check out the Breton booth as well. And uh, thank you for yeah, your support you. and your sponsorship of ISPA. Absolutely. Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for listening. To hear more in-depth viewpoints, gain actionable insights and powerful tools to help you succeed, Subscribe to the Behind the Surface podcast presented by the International Surface Fabricators Association. To learn more about ISFA, visit our website at www.isfanow.org.